Welcome everybody, time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies. John's guest today is Vince Barano. He's a leader of high-performance sales teams, sales training professional, and a published author on sales strategy. We are so excited to have him on today because they're both authors. They have a lot to talk about. Vince practices a customer-centric approach. You're going to hear, too, the importance being honest is to him. Honest isn't being mean. Honest isn't being brutal. But to build trust, we have to be honest. Tune into this episode of Asher Sales Sense. John, over to you. So, Vince, great to have you on the show. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always great to have um, people who've recently written uh, a book about sales because it usually means they're really, really up to date with what's going on. And when I read your, uh, you probably know, I read your book all the way through every page, which is a great book, The Daily uh, Dose of Sales Wisdom. And of course, the reason I read every page is because you asked me for some feedback. So I knew (laughs) I had to, I can't just skim the damn thing and give you you good feedback. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And so as I went going through the book, I, I made some notes about some of the stuff that I had learned. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it was... I learned it way back when and then forgot the damn thing, the technique. And so either to be reminded or to hear a different spin on various techniques or actually to hear a whole new technique is always for, I know you were, for me and you were both continuous learners. Yes. So I don't know how many sales books I've read, but I do know I've read 1200 books. Wow. Over my lifetime, probably 200 sales books, I'm guessing. And, and, of course, a number of longevity-based books as, as well. So what got you going to write this book? What's the background, Vince? Well, The uh, Daily Dose of Sales Wisdom was my first book. And it was the first time that I've ever fulfilled a New Year's resolution. So ah. before publishing it, about a year and a half before that, I decided that I wanted to write a book. It was one of the things I just wanted to do more for myself. Um, than for anything else to show that I could do it. And I started keeping a journal on January 1st of, uh, it was 2019. And every day I tried my hardest to write for 10 or 15 minutes. And eventually I took all those notes to construct a book on sales. And it was a labor of love. I know that you're an author of, of several books and you know how that can be sometimes where you Maybe you want to kick yourself from forever starting the project, but I was fortunate that I was able to bring it to conclusion and have that sense of accomplishment. No, it is really a sense of accomplishment. And um, it's hard to write a book. Not only is it hard to write the darn thing, but you have to go through so many edits and so much research. That's For me, that's the tiring part because I'm a big picture guy. I can write the damn book, but all the details, it's like... (laughs) Well, I agree with you. I was fortunate that I found a uh, publisher and editor in Marsha Luke uh, from Twin Horseshoes in Canada to help me. And what's really funny is it took me um, over a year and a half to write and edit my first book. And then my second book, I was able to, to write and get published in, I don't know, maybe seven months. And I said, geez, I said, it took me 50 something years to get the first one out. 
And she goes, she laughs. She says, yes, this is what happens. You break the dam. And next thing you know, you find yourself, you know, writing uh, all the time. And I said, I really enjoy it. Um, to your point, I find it that I'm learning as much as I'm getting the opportunity to share with people. And that's exciting. Very exciting. You know, after I'd written two books, I was giving a presentation on the neuroscience of sales in Chicago to a group of CEOs. And one of them was a publisher of books. And so she said, you know, I could have done a lot better with your first couple of books. So she's marketing me, you know. And she said, um, why don't you turn your neuroscience of sales into a book? And I said, you know, I've written two books. It's hard to write a book. The first one I wrote was in China, the second one here in the U.S. And she said, well, just send me your PowerPoint and I'll get one of my editors to turn it into a book. And then you just edit the book. Mm. And she said, I'll give you an advance. I said, okay, you are in. (laughs) That's a great story. So the third book was actually a lot easier. And one of the things she mentioned was that their company, Sourcebooks, had done a a, um, survey of millennials and CEOs of small companies in the SME market. And there were three themes that that came out that people wanted in a business book. And one was written by an expert. So in my case, that was totally debatable. Uh, Number two, an hour read. And number three, a third pictures. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, what we really want is people to go, and when they're in the airport, they have an hour flight or so, some, a book they can pick up and read on the flight. And by golly, that's that's what happened. And she essentially wrote the book for me, just based on my PowerPoint. So that was pretty darn good, I have to say. <laughs> that was really good. I, I would love to have that happen. Um, I guess I've been doing it the wrong way. And unfortunately, my books aren't hour reads, although I did write The Daily Dose to be something that you could pick up and read. Um, right. Just a couple of pages was a chapter. So I was hoping that it would be something like one of those um, coffee or, or soda books. You know, you have it on your desk and you're having your coffee. Maybe you pick it up and flip open and read about something to feed the brain and get you thinking. It's a great way to think about it. So what are some of your favorite parts of the book? Um, that's, you know, somebody who's going to pick it up and you know, let's just take it to a sales guy who's been doing okay but wants to do a lot better. Where would you direct him to go for the book? What parts? Well, if I could, if I could talk about the new sales professionals playbook, which was the second one I wrote. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I love the part that I wrote about um, the secret to sales success. And I know you and I've had some conversations and, and you've done a, a lot of research on the, the skill sets that are required. But one of the things that I like about um, what I challenge people when they're reading this is that all new salespeople, at least as I met as a sales leader, sales manager, they all want to find the secret. Everybody wants a shortcut anymore. Maybe we have always been that way, but I find it particularly in younger people today that there must be a secret. What I love is that I, I say, I do know the secret and I'm happy to share it with you. And the secret is there is no secret that the, the, <laughs> the, the difference between ultra high performers or really high sales professionals and everybody else is that your ultra high performers do the little things 
that everybody else doesn't want to do. I said, with all that's been written, all the podcasts, all the, um, the videos, all the training courses that are available, there's no secret. All the material is out there. I think you would you know, appreciate this as well. It's not like somebody's got a book somewhere with you know the, the silver bullet in it. The difference is there's some people who just can't seem to want to do some of the fundamental things well. And um, I think that separates that the top 20% from the bottom 80%. And it's uh, and I don't think that's just in sales. I think that's in a lot of things in life. Oh, I totally agree. For any top performing business person, right? You got to have goals. You got to track the goals, etc. In that same vein, one of the things I learned pretty early in my career, it was from a business speaker. And he said every day, either right before get ready or the morning of the day, just pick one big thing you got to get done that day. Yeah. And by big, he meant meaningful, you know, important. And he said, at the end of the year, you've done 250 really big things. And so that has always been a, a mantra for me. Sometimes if it's not too big, I'll pick two or three. But I always have to get one done. Yeah. And, you know, based on my longevity program, I go to bed at 10 every night. So I can't stay up till midnight, right, anymore. I've got to, I've got to get uh, that eight or nine hours of sleep. So I, I have to be real productive to do that. Yeah. John Wooden has a great quote. He goes, you need to understand the difference between activity and accomplishment. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and too often, I think people are busy and they're busy all day. They're busy with email. They're busy with meetings. They're busy. And then if you ask them, what did you accomplish today? What moved the needle? What helped you move a little bit closer to your goal? They'll look at you puzzled and go, well, nothing or maybe nothing. Right. And um, I think that's the shame of it. There's too often we're busy and not productive and we're so close to it that we can't tell the difference. And uh, I think that sometimes we're having a coach or a mentor, you know, somebody to kind of grab you and give you the little friendly shake to go, hello, let's get focused on the things that will move the needle that will help you get to your objectives. Because a goal without a plan and a deadline is a wish, right? As compared to as compared to something that's actually achievable. Right. Just kind of rephrase what you said is having big major goals for the year is great, but you got to break it down into monthly and weekly and even daily goals because then it doesn't seem so big. Yes. You can just keep on track throughout the year. You can get a lot done. hundred percent. It's one of the um, frustrations I've had, you know, I've been in sales and sales management for over 30 years now. And I've gotten to work with sales teams uh, that were large companies and medium-sized companies selling products, services, and even technology, including software. And um, the one thing that I do find troubling is that salespeople are impatient. So sense of urgency is good. Being impatient can be uh, a detriment. And oftentimes right. you'll find that if I said, John, I've got a five-step plan with a checklist that'll ensure your success on this upcoming appointment, almost not everyone, but nearly everyone wants to do it in four steps without the checklist. And uh, I, I think it's one of the challenges that we want to be expedient, which is great, 
but you know, a shortcut that doesn't get you to where you want to go isn't very useful. And um, I think today, and I've pulled this out of some of our conversations, is that if you slow down a little bit and you prepare for a meeting and you do some homework and you come in as somebody who's going to be an expert and share some insights, it's going to be much better received than if you just kind of wing it and say, well, I I generally wing it and things generally work out well. Um, That's not going to help you in today's environment, you know, particularly with the, the way that buyers are becoming much more sophisticated and have much higher expectations for uh, professional salespeople. It almost goes back to the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. Yes. <laughs> yep. Good advice. And I'm also a big believer in checklists, just like you mentioned. They don't have to be big, get ready to fly the airplane check checklist, but just as you said, you know, okay, here's five steps I got to do before I make the call. Yep. That, that in my book, um, the New Sales Professionals Playbook, because of the size of the book, the checklists that I, I wanted to include really wouldn't print very well. So what I did was I put it on my website and it's all free content. So, you know, anybody can go to um, uh, my site, if you don't mind me giving it, it's practical-sales-wisdom.com. So practical-sales-wisdom.com. And you can register and get access to all the, the checklists and worksheets that go with the book, including them in their um, either PDF or Word or Excel format so that you can actually use them. And I wanted to make it so that people could actually use this. And I encourage everybody to use this as a starting point. I'm sure there's things that I missed. I, I tried to do my best, but I think that uh, everybody, once they start using it, may find ways to tweak it to make it even better for them. So encourage you to do that and, and uh, share that with other people. And again, it's um, it's free content. You just register and you can download it and use it as you want. So you know what? I'll just add it to my Vistas presentation. Please. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. And again, I, I think one of the other things, um, and you've been great about this as well, is the sharing is really just, you know, getting an opportunity to share things to see that they may help somebody uh, and the reward that comes with that. You know, I think that's one of the things that I had a mentor when I first went into sales management tell me, he says, you're going to get a a good education and it's not about me, it's about we. And you have to be thinking in bigger terms. And at the time I was just turning 27, so I I was still fairly young. And I didn't quite get that. But a year or two later, it really started to sink in what it meant to take pride in uh, how your team performed and see people grow and do better than they thought they could. I'm hoping that some of the the stuff that I'm publishing and sharing on the Internet can help people. I I think that would be uh, a great thing to do anymore. I'll give you a couple of fun examples. And I'm, I'm a total sharing person, as you probably know. And most of my team says, you, you give away everything. You share too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a couple of fun examples. So at Navy, I was the fifth string quarterback behind Roger Staubach. Really? Oh, yeah. I never got in a game or even suited up for a game. But I practiced a lot against the sixth string. Wow. You know, Because back then, there were no women. And <clears throat> it was all men, all this testosterone. Where could you burn it off, right? And so... They had eight strings on the varsity football team. Oh, my God. 
Anyway, Roger became, as you know, a Hall of Fame uh, Dallas quarterback and um, a very successful real estate developer. And he only has one mantra for his company. And everybody in the company knows it and everybody practices it. And that is, there are no traffic jams on the extra mile. That's right. No traffic jams on the extra mile. Meaning, if you go extra for your customers and suspects and prospects, you just totally separate yourself from everybody else. Yep. You'll find this hard to believe, but I actually went to school with his daughter at Catholic University, and he gave the commencement address to our graduating class. Oh, bizarre. Yeah. That's funny. That's a, a little... That's, that's very funny, something in common there. But you're right. I think that's fantastic advice. There's no traffic jams on the uh, on going the extra mile. Um, there's so many little things that we can do in our profession to demonstrate that we care for other people. And I think this is true in any profession, but particularly in sales, where you go and you even handwritten notes. I know we're in the world of video and texting and everything else. I've still find it hard to believe that people don't send handwritten notes because handwritten notes are so well received. And oftentimes you'll go into people's offices and unlike an email or text, you'll see the thank you card on their bulletin board or you see the thank you card put off to the side. Um, It's little things of um, a gratitude that means so much to people in such a busy digital world. Sometimes old school is, uh, is a good approach. No, I totally agree. Now, speaking of old school, do you know the book about 100 years old called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Yes. So one of the the great things I loved about the book, my mother, by the way, made me read it as a kid. (laughs) She was was an artist, but also a businesswoman. Anyway, um, it's the 17 Laws of Business Success. And it was Dr. Andrew Carnegie funding Dr. Napoleon Hill and a staff of 20 people over 20 years to analyze, interview the top 100 industrialists, Henry Ford and you know many of the others, and find out what made them successful. And then he came up with the book, 17 Laws of Business Success. There's a pretty good correlation to the seven habits of highly effective people by Covey. Right. His number one rule, proven data, is whatever you give extra will be returned to you by a factor of 10. By a factor of 10? 10. Wow. And it it wasn't just a thumb rule or a number he made up. That was integrated over every 100 industrialists who talked about giving extra and what they got out of it. It's amazing. I did not realize that piece of it. That really is an amazing statistic. Proven. Proven statistic. Proven. Proven. And just based on human nature, which has not changed. (laughs) Right? Yeah. that's, that's, uh, That's one of the things we need to keep in mind. As much as we've evolved, we really haven't evolved very far yet. We're still a work in progress, right? Right, right. I remember my mother sharing, she was a, became a fairly well-known artist. And on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, she was started an art school and she would be a judge for art contests. And, and I, I actually was helping her because she was into cubism at one point. 
and I'm a math guy, and so I would help her with some of the ratios and that sort of thing. And anyway, when she was uh, judging art, uh, the artist would be by their picture, and sometimes I would go with her. If the picture was absolutely the worst picture she's seen in her entire life, and the artist would ask my mother, how do you like my painting? My mother would say, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. That was a key word for, that was a key word for horrible. <laughs> Is that you knew how to score it on the clipboard based on that, right? Interesting got a, a low grade, yes. But that was, that was her way of, of sharing in a positive way, you know, as opposed to <laughs> trashing it. You know, it's an interesting story about that she's, uh, being kind. And oftentimes, you know, that type of setting, that's very appropriate. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think that um, if I could for a second, just pull it back to sales management or any type yes. of leadership position, we need to make sure even in today where there's a lot of sensitivity, that being kind is really being unkind. And what I mean by that is um, sometimes we have to have those honest conversations with people if we really want to help them grow, because simply acknowledging uh, and trying to be, you know, a cheerleader and rah, rah, when they're not doing something the right way or they could do it better, isn't respectful. It's really disrespectful. And if we really want to show our interest in helping others, we have to be honest. That doesn't mean we have to be brutal. It doesn't mean we have to be mean. But I think we do have to be honest and, and build that relationship with trust to have them understand that we really want to contribute to their success. And sometimes you have to be told that it's interesting, right? <laughs> so when I was in the Navy, one of the admirals taught me, be tough, but not mean. Right. And his toughness was tough love. And that is when you screwed up, which I was, I was a frequent screw up, <laughs> really helping you by showing you a much better way. Yeah. But in a respectful, kind, as you said, kind way. Yeah. And so you can really learn from that. 100% agreement. I have so many people that I'm, I, I'm grateful to have had in my life who took the time to say, you know, kid, let me tell you something. Uh, what you're doing is not going to get the results you want. Some of those conversations were difficult to hear. But I'll tell you what, had those people not taken an interest and uh, helped me to improve, I never would have gotten to where I was. And, and I think you probably feel the same way. At the time, maybe you didn't quite you know, realize what they were doing. But now in hindsight, you can see that their contributions were meaningful and impactful. And uh, you know, I think that with all that's going on in the world, I think everybody could use some more uh, mentors or other people in their life who would take an interest to help show them the way because we're not islands. We don't need to be an island and you don't need to always do it on your own. Um, I think that having people there to help you and guide you um, is something to be grateful for and to show gratitude. Oh gosh, I totally agree. All right, so Vince, thank you so much for coming on. Um, your books are so great, such a down to earth wisdom right, that many of us forget with all this social media and all these other buzz things going around, just to get back to the fundamentals based on being human um, is, is so important. So 
what can you do for sales teams? Is there, do you have a program for training or coaching or? I do. And, and thank you again for the invitation to join you. Uh, I always learn something when we talk, so I do appreciate the opportunity. Um, right now I'm doing consulting on my own, Vince Perano Consulting Services. Um, I mentioned before the uh, website. I'm happy to do things either in person or virtual. I like to pride myself in creating content that is particular for the audience. And what I mean by that is that um, I know oftentimes people want to get sales training. And I think sales training is fantastic. But just make sure that you're addressing the right problem with sales training. Sometimes there's other issues, and I know you do this with your own consulting. There's other issues that need to be addressed. And so before I leap to solution, I like to spend time to really understand how I can best help an organization. It might be training or it might be something else. Good. And I know we both agree on this, and that is when a, when a customer or prospects asks for help, one of the first things both you and I are going to do is say, we have to know the capability of your team. We, we want to see an assessment of who you have on the bus and who's suited for what. Absolutely. Because frank, frankly, how can you help the customer if you don't know what they've got? Yes. And I think oftentimes that, you know, people think they know what the problem is. And um, I love some of the stories. And we've talked about this, about some of the best consultants like Peter Drucker. He was a master of asking great questions. And he helped people, you know, kind of like uh, the doctor saying, cure thyself, right? You know, cure yourself. By asking people great questions, you really get to root of issues. And sometimes it's not what you thought. So I share that with you very much so. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, uh, Vince, look forward to reading your second book. The first one was great. And um, I'm sure the second one will be too. And I, I don't know whether you have any with you, but I'd love, to, since we're going to be in person tomorrow, I'd love to have an autographed copy if you. Well, you know what? I, I happen to have an extra one. I will bring it to you. And as a matter of fact, I brought with me a copy of your book that's uh, over there with, with my suitcase so that you can sign a copy for me. So we'll do a little swap tomorrow. How about that? That would be terrific. That would be great. Thank, Thank you, you so much sir. again. I really appreciate it. Always good to chat. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to AsherStrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941.